The White Sox were subjected to some vintage Justin Verlander on Wednesday night, and of course, they could do very little against him. Tuki Toussaint did not have a sharp outing, but gobbled up some innings. It's really just the waiting game right now as the White Sox are clearly sellers, and it's just a matter of what the asking price is and who will be left after the dust settles. You are locked on White Sox. Your daily Chicago White Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome back to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Socks. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked on White Socks. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Our White Sox take on the New York Mets series finale on Thursday afternoon. Michael Kopech on the hill. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. State of the Sox, it is not good. You know that. I know that. Uh, How did we get here? Uh, That is the big question constantly ringing around in my head, especially after game like on Wednesday night. Uh, Sox are 40 and 57. uh, As I record, nine and a half games back in the AL Central. Why even mention it? I think it's just uh, uh, a a point of uh, uh, maybe comedy at this point so I'll, I'll just continue to talk about it uh, uh remember when the Sox were like four four and a half games back uh it doesn't feel that long ago but we all kind of knew like mm, but look at their record you know I mean look at this team but look at what might be able to happen with this schedule but look at how they're playing look at the numbers look at their record look at some of the metrics and stats and numbers especially offensively and uh, here we go. Uh, they weren't going to do anything against Justin Verlander, especially Wednesday night. I mean, that was vintage Justin Verlander. Uh, absolutely uh, just shut down the Sox. Uh, amazing. It, after all of these years, uh, he can still mesmerize our White Sox. Uh, Verlander made two starts uh, back in 2005. Uh, Then he really announced his presence in 2006. Uh, I mean, there's no shortage of video on this guy. uh, And and you know what he's going to bring. But he is just virtually unhittable on Wednesday. Uh, Luis Robert Jr. has had success against Verlander in the past and uh, had the only offense for the Sox. Good pitching will always beat good hitting. But in this case, Uh, It was good pitching that stifled a bad baseball team. Uh, However, the White Sox scored uh, 10 runs on Tuesday. Uh, So another situation uh, where the Sox explode for a bunch of runs, then go ice cold the next game. Uh, For me, I'm telling you, apathy has finally taken 
Root. Uh, I have avoided this. This is the last thing that I wanted uh, is to be apathetic. Um, you know, I have put this off and, you know, I've tried to, to you know, carve out moments where, you know what, uh, I, I think, you know, I'm going to focus on this or I'm going to focus on that with this team. And in that Atlanta series, it did give me some hope. I like that brand of baseball. Uh, but I also knew that, you know, this is the White Sox 2023. They just can't put everything together for a sustainable period. Uh, I felt like they might be able to do it against the Mets. Why not? Uh, you know, the Mets are a disappointment, but they're, they were only seven games under 500 uh, as the season uh, started. We're playing in New York. Uh, and they might realize, hey, we got to get something going if we even are going to think about wild card, which I don't know if that's the case at all for them. But uh, watching that game on Wednesday night, this Sox team, it is such a tough watch. It, it really is. Uh, and and now I'm finding myself just wanting, you know, a teardown to happen, just something to happen. Uh, so a direction will be picked. Uh, decisions will be made. You know, we can move forward. Uh, I can move forward and say, okay, uh, you know, the dust is settled. These are the guys that we have. This is the direction that it looks like they're going in. Uh, and then just waiting once again for the off season to see, uh, you know, you know how they figure things out for a 2024. It's a weird place, you know, to be in this limbo, uh, uh, waiting for the front office to make their moves, uh, it sounds like the asking price has been pretty high on a couple of guys, uh, namely Lynn uh, and definitely Dylan Cease. And did you hear this new little rumor that uh, the Houston Astros are not only interested in Dylan Cease, but also in Luis Robert Jr.? I mean, you can't, uh, it doesn't hurt to ask. I mean, hey, you could check in. And honestly, I think the White Sox should listen in on everybody. Just listen in on everybody. Uh, but that obviously means like you're not going to be jumping uh, at these decisions. And I don't think the Houston Astros have anywhere close to be able to execute a Dylan Cease trade, let alone a Dylan Cease and Luis Robert Jr. trade. So I thought that was kind of laughable. Again, I, I keep thinking, you know, how did we get here? Uh, it's weird just watching Justin Verlander and, and you saw him uh, in a Detroit Tigers uniform for so many years and you know, battling against him and, and the great pitching staffs that they had. And then, of course, Houston, uh, you know, we've got some history with Houston now and now with the Mets. And and he's kind of the same pitcher, you know, And but he was really locked in uh, on Wednesday night. But it, it's nothing terribly overwhelming. His fastball's not what it was, uh, but he was able to spot his pitches. And that, that curveball that he throws over, uh, man, he's able to place it. And when he can place it and keep you off balance, uh, you got no chance. And and that what and that's what happened on, on Wednesday. Uh, you know, disappointing after what we saw on Tuesday with the White Sox offense, but, you know, a different dude on the hill. Uh, and that was classic uh, Verlander. Some injury updates for our White Sox. Uh, Pedro Grafol said Yoan Moncada is progressing well at Charlotte. His body feels really good. How long could that be? Could be another four, five, six, seven games down there. Uh, it's about getting him in baseball shape and what he needs to do to come and perform here. I don't think this White Sox organization has any idea what they are doing 
uh, when it comes to injury management. I, I just feel like they are just guessing, throwing stuff against the wall. Uh, you know, I, I think he's ready to come back or, or, or just solely believing in what the player will say uh, with the situation with Aloy Jimenez. Uh, so prior to Wednesday's game, uh, this was Grafol on Aloy Jimenez. Uh, today, he is available. Uh, Tuesday, it was questionable whether he was available or not. Uh, I would have used him if he was available. Interesting strategy. Uh, he is available today to pinch hit. We did not see Aloy Jimenez on Wednesday. Uh, and this is the perplexing view uh, or stance or mindset of Pedro Grafol. Uh, after Tuesday's 10-11 loss uh, regarding Aloy Jimenez. We did not see him in that game either. Uh, Grafol was tempted to use Jimenez, but if he hits the ball in the gap and re-injures that groin, it's just too soon. Okay, so what about when he just hits the ball, plain and simple, and is forced to run? What? what are you worried about that at all? Because that's how he injured it in the first place, running to first on a ground ball, trying to break up a double play. I don't get it. I just don't. It doesn't make sense to me. Please, somebody help me make sense of what Pedro Grafol is saying. Um, I, I feel like he talks out what's going on in his head, and maybe he should just be keeping that quiet. Why even risk it with Aloy Jimenez? If he's not right, and, and are you just going off of what Aloy Jimenez said of, yeah, I feel good. I woke up Monday morning and I think I'm good. Well, are you checking in with trainers or, or, the, or the medical staff? How does that work uh, where then you're thinking about maybe using a guy, but well, if he hits it in the gap, then there could be a problem because he could re-injure. How about just if he simply has to run at all to first base, uh, there could be you know, another injury if it's too soon. Uh, th this White Sox organization, if you saw it on social media, it, they're going to shame people for using ketchup on their hot dog. The bell of shame uh, should have Jerry's face on it, maybe one for Kenny, also Rick, and fans get to ring it when they enter the stadium. That uh, is what kind of shame, uh, bell of shame I want to see uh, at Sox Park. Or maybe... Uh, if they have some sort of socks fest, like like that's going to actually happen. Can you can you imagine? Uh, they didn't have a socks fest last year after a 500 uh, record and a very disappointing season. You think they're going to come around and have a socks fest this year after what we're seeing right now? Oh my goodness! Uh, Wednesday was rough. Uh, Luis Robert Jr. was the only offense after a game that saw the socks explode for 10 runs. Uh, but Verlander was just too good. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. I don't know anything like that. Uh, it, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. Uh, so the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Uh, just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts 
uh, are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Our Chicago White Sox face off against the New York Mets on Thursday afternoon game series finale. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. Sox fell to the Mets 5-1 to one on Wednesday night. Uh, top of first, uh, White Sox were looking to swing against Justin Verlander, Gordon Beckham. Uh, noticed it. Jason Benetti noticed it. It was pretty obvious. Uh, get to him early if you can uh, and get to him early in an at-bat. Uh, ben Attendi flew out. T.A. had a lengthy at-bat. Several pitches fouled off and then a tight fastball in the inside corner got T.A. swinging. Uh, Luis Robert Jr. hunting on the first pitch. He struck out on a curveball. It was that curveball I was talking about, a vintage Verlander curveball. He's got a few of those. He's got that wipeout, and then he's got that kind of that bender that almost get me over, but it just buckles you uh, when he can pinpoint it. 13 of Verlander's 14 pitches in the first inning were for strikes. Uh, bottom of first, uh, Toussaint, Tuki Toussaint on the hill, sitting 94 miles per hour with the fastball, went full count to Nimmo, but got him to fly out. Uh, issued a walk, but did what Gio could not do on Tuesday. He kept the Mets from scoring in the first. Uh, 21 pitches for Toussaint. Top of second, Berger swung at a pitch well out of the zone. Uh, that was the first pitch he saw. Eventually, Berger struck out. Uh, the Sacks approach was clear, and you had to think Verlander knew it. And I think that's kind of fun as a pitcher from just personal experiences, throughout high school and a very little bit of college, when I could get a sense in the catcher and I, and maybe my pitching coach, we could sense of what kind of game plan uh, the offense had. You can have some fun with that because you know that they're going to be looking for something to swing. And that's when you could really uh, factor in that breaking ball, make it look tempting. They're going to go fishing for that. You might want to extend the outside corner a little bit. If you can, with your fastball, they're looking fastball. Maybe they're tempted to jump on something and they'll be a little too eager. I felt like Verlander, he knew and he was uh, he was able to play around with the Sox a little bit. Uh, Yaz actually practiced some patience, no surprise, I guess, and went 3-0, but Verlander battled back, got him to pop out to second base. Another pop out by Gavin Sheets. Sox went quietly. Uh, bottom second, the Mets went down in order. A uh, ball was put in play, but the Sox had a man there. Uh, top of third. A uh, thought Colas uh, might have had a hit. Outstanding play by third baseman Beatty. A uh, Sox still looking for their first hit after three. And then bottom of third, Beatty led off and uh, did it with the bat as well. Out of Roberts' reach in center field. Uh, home run, one nothing. Mets. Uh, top of four. Second time through the lineup for the White Sox. Ben Attendee with the first hit of the game for the Sox. Single up the middle. Uh, Benny stole second. Luis Robert Jr. with his second strikeout on a breaking ball. Uh, Verlander not afraid to pitch inside. Uh, uh, hit Berger, got Berger, I'm sorry, to pop out. Uh, Verlander looked like he was absolutely in comfortable rhythm here uh, through four. Game moved very quick. 
Uh, bottom of four to cent, walked Alonzo to start things off, tried inside and outside. It did not look like he wanted to give him anything to hit. Uh, McNeil was hit on the hand, so Mets had the first two on, nobody out. Uh, Tukey completely lost the strike zone. Ethan Katz came out for a visit. He was at 57 pitches at this point. A uh, nice job of hitting by Alvarez, forced a grounder to second, and it got past Elvis, hitting behind the runner there, the, the leadoff runner, I should say. Mets scored their second run. Uh, still nobody out. Tukey Walk, uh, Vogelbach. Uh, bases loaded. Nobody out for Beatty. Uh, Fielder's Choice got another run home. 3 nothing Mets. A great catch by Colas, uh, but it was a sack fly. 4 nothing New York. Uh, Nimmo ripped a double to left. Mets scored their fifth run. Uh, 80 pitches after four innings for Tukey. And what was interesting to see with the Mets there is they had bases loaded, nobody out, uh, you know, and they put the ball in play. They got some runs out of it. You know, they just didn't go down in order uh, like our White Sox tend to do. Uh, top of five, White Sox uh, looked like they had just no answer at all for Verlander. Uh, but, you know, he Verlander had his, I would say, his A, a maybe A-plus stuff going. Again, it's not the same of what it was uh, years ago against, uh, you know, when he was with Detroit and even last year when he was with Houston, he had some good years with Houston. Um, but I'm talking about control, absolutely control. It felt like he could throw whatever he wanted when he wanted it. Uh, bottom five, I anticipated this being Tukey's last. It was a clean inning, but it was not it for Tukey. Uh, top of six, Justin Verlander at 54 pitches entering the sixth. Uh, Sacks with just one hit through six innings, zero walks uh, and six strikeouts. Uh, bottom six, Tukey back out there with 92 pitches on the arm. Uh, Mets uh, stranded a runner at third. Tukey went over 100 pitches and helped eat some innings. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, top of seven, Luis Robert Jr. finally made things interesting for the Sox. Smashed a slider to left field for a solo home run. A 5-1 Mets, 28th home run for Robert Verlander. He had to work this inning, that's for sure. Sacks had a couple guys on with two outs, but Verlander ultimately got out of the jam with that vintage breaking ball of his, uh, striking out Perez. A 5-1 was how the score would remain. Toussaint's final line, six innings, four hits, five earned runs, four walks, three strikeouts, uh, gave up that home run. Uh, 4.20 ERA to sat through 107 pitches. Uh, Schultons ate up two innings after Tukey. Sacks offense, one run. That was the Luis Robert Jr. solo shot. Three hits, uh, one walk, seven strikeouts. 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position. Uh, Verlander went eight innings, gave up three hits, uh, one earned run, uh, one walk, seven strikeouts. He threw 100 pitches. Uh, his ERA, 3.47. White Sox will try to avoid the sweep against a guy that they traded away to help bring a parade to the south side. More on that in a moment. So it's the series finale on Thursday, a day game in New York. Michael Kopech against Jose Quintana. What an interesting matchup. A uh, lot of different layers with this. Uh, we'll start with Kopech. Uh, Kopech is yet to pitch against the New York Mets in his career. Uh, he has a three and he is he is three and eight. 
uh, with an ERA of 4.47 and 97 strikeouts and 17 appearances this season. Last time we saw Kopech, it was a disaster uh, against the Atlanta Braves in game one of that series last weekend. Kopech went two-thirds of an inning, one hit, four earned runs, four walks, uh, one hit batter, uh, zero strikeouts. He gave up that grand slam to Matt Olson, uh, and uh, it was just not good. I mean, he had zero control, and you go now his his last five starts, uh, nothing over five innings. So I'll, I'll be really interested to see what kind of Kopech we have in this day game on Thursday because uh, the Sox have been issuing a lot of walks uh, these first two games against the Mets. Mets are a very patient team. Uh, you know uh, that they have been briefed on what Kopech did against the Braves. Uh, I envision I, I the Mets being very patient, waiting Kopech, waiting for Kopech to come to them. Uh, so I believe this is Jose Quintana's first start uh, of 2023, and it's against the team uh, that traded him away for Aloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease. You know, I wonder uh, what Jose Quintana thinks, if it even matters to him at all, you know, thinking, wow, uh, you guys were supposed to be really something by now. And, and look at you now. Wow. Uh, you're you're, you're going to be trading away, guys, your sellers. Uh, at the deadline coming up in 2023, this was supposed to be really your window, and you haven't even won a playoff series. Uh, that has got, I, I don't know, I would find that to be pretty bizarre. I, I, I wonder, you know, if, if guys kind of follow up with their old team, kind of watch them. Of, You know, he knew who he was traded for. He knew what the White Sox were trying to do, uh, and it has not worked out at all. Not even close. Again, I keep thinking, how did we get here? As I'm watching this game uh, on Wednesday night, just, man, the, the state of the Sox is, is really, it's depressing when you think about it. Uh, I, I was having a conversation uh, with a very good friend of mine who is a loyal Cubs fan, a, a smart baseball man, uh, a very dedicated Cubs fan. Uh, and and we were talking a little bit uh, just about each other's teams. And, and he just said, I, what is going on? How are the Sox as bad as they are? I cannot believe what is happening on the South side. And, and yeah, it's like almost how much time do you have? Uh, or just go ahead and listen to a bunch of these locked on episodes uh, from way back when, uh, from the off season, uh, you know, into up to now. I've, I'm wearing my my spring training hat for those that are, uh, watching on YouTube, uh, because this is when we had the hope, uh, Cactus League hope, all the things that Pedro Grifol was saying and uh, what the what the Sox were going to be doing, what they were going to stand for. And uh, it's just been an absolute combination of so many problems. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens on Thursday. Hopefully the White Sox uh, can avoid the sweep, you know, but it's really, to me, I'm just waiting to see, you know, when the moves are going to start being made and what the Sox are going to be getting in return is, uh, it is pretty clear what direction they're heading in. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. You find your podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore uh, GGTV. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, and get any questions and comments you have for a future mailbag, even if you just want to vent uh, about what's happening with this team, uh, lockedonsocks at gmail.com. 
Our White Sox take on the Mets in the finale on Thursday. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. And hey, everydayers, uh, you know who you are. I, I, I appreciate it so very much. On the next episode, I will recap Michael Kopech's outing and hopefully the Sox can avoid the sweep and Kopech can get out of the first inning for a change. Uh, I really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.